we're in a series called The Good Life, and we're trying to correct what good life is. Uh, the, the whole principle of this summer, though, we've been flowing out of the staycation concept this summer, and understanding that just because you go to another country does not necessarily mean that you got relaxed, <laughs> right? Uh, anybody ever went on a vacation, came home, and you were more messed up than when you left? Anybody ever been there before? I'm hearing a grumble in the house. Now I'm hearing a grumble, grumble, grumble. Uh, I've told you there's things to do here. Uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, take some things captive and uh, be set free in our lives. And we went through a series so far. Last week was Moments, and uh, we've talked about a better peace. Uh, a better rest. Uh, we talked about better relationships. We came to the understanding that we need great spiritual friendships, right? Am I right? Do we need great spiritual friendships? We need great spiritual friendships. Say, so I got one. No, we need friendships. We need people that we can speak to and people who can speak into our life. And the absence of those sets us up for destruction. Sets us up for destruction. So I, I'm not sure about coming to church. Okay, well, who's your spiritual friends? Well, I got some people at the yoga class. Hush. Okay, I'm not talking about stretching together, even though that's a good thing. I'm talking about people that can speak into our lives. Talked about special moments, and uh, Preston does that so well. He has a gift for that area. I mean, he's written so much. Uh, he's, he's written volumes already on moments in his life and how God spoke to them and through them. And, uh, and I believe that's what's happening in our life. I'm not going to go back and preach all of that now, but uh, I really wanted to preach that sermon, but it was God's will for him too. Today, I'm going to talk about better boundaries. All of these topics uh, came out of coming home from a vacation and feeling some of that post-vacation anxiety, all right? And some of you never feel that, but I have, and the Lord dealing with me regarding coming back under some things. And uh, so, uh, interesting scripture that I'm using today, Matthew 16, 23. You know this moment, right? You know this moment in scripture? Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. How polite is that, you know? Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That is a big word. And, and we're going to deal with that in a moment. Can, can I have those, uh, bring those up whenever you can? Yeah. Uh, and uh, today we're going to talk about better boundaries and uh, just say it, boundaries, boundaries. I, uh, yeah, just set them right there. I'll get them in a minute, Joe. I... I uh, want to tell you that I pray for you. I pray, for my, I pray every day also for my immediate family, for my children. Uh, and my family has been under attack. All right? So anybody been there before when you said, what? Uh, so you pray for us. I mean, I'm doing, Diane and I are doing well. Uh, you know, uh, last week, uh, Avalyn's been sick all week. Uh, and, you know, she had some kind of viral something, something, and then uh, evidently this morning we hear that like a double ear infection and, and uh, possible strep, and I'm thinking you're not even, you know, just, she's almost 11 months old. Well, she is 11 months old. What am I saying? Goodness. Uh, Felicia 
uh, ruptured a disc in her back and is not able to walk right now and is in a wheelchair in California. And so I'm a little bit overwhelmed about that. So uh, she probably going to need some care. Uh, Lauren's leaving town for uh, some stuff, so we're working on trying to help our daughter a little bit, take a few days or something. So, but I believe, how many believe God can heal her? Anybody believe God can heal her? Raise your hand if you believe God can heal my daughter. Anybody believe that? How about our granddaughter? you believe God can heal them as well? Amen? How many, how many have ever felt like you've had the enemy attack you? Anybody ever felt that? How about in your mind? Anybody ever felt the enemy attack you in your mind? So um, I just uh, want to teach you this with these. Uh, on occasion... You need to set some boundaries up and say, Satan, you've done enough. Yes. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Or am I just being a little too spiritual for some of you? I mean, it's this principle in the Word of God. It's uh, get behind me, Satan. That's what he says here. But the Scripture also says if you rebuke the devil, he will flee from you. And you say, well, all these spiritual people rebuking the devil and seeing devils behind every tree. Uh, listen, I'm not saying you see the devil behind every bush and every tree. I'm just saying on occasion, you need to wake up and realize that you're under a spiritual attack. And you need to be willing to set some boundaries. Somebody shout, set up boundaries, set up boundaries. Uh, so this is, in talking about better boundaries, this is a whole new level of relationship. Some of you don't know about it. It's, it's a healthy area. And I think in our culture, I watch things that happen in the culture and I ask the Lord, what are you saying? Because sometimes you think, uh, that you know, but you don't. You just see things happening, and you just take a position, and you're mad, and the word already came out about forgiveness. We need to walk in forgiveness. You understand? doesn't mean you have to like everything, but we need to walk in forgiveness. And so I'm, I've been observant of a, the, a big topic, a massive topic has been immigration. How many have heard this, all right? And uh, I mentioned it not long ago, just uh, in one teaching I was given about the orphan spirit and how that uh, the separation of children from their parents. Some of us get really upset, especially about that, because we understand that because we've been isolated even though we're in the house. When you can't, when you don't have a relationship with your mom and your dad and you have heart wounds, mother wounds, father wounds, and you're walking those out, you are an orphan even under the shelter of somebody else's house. An orphan with an address. Does that make sense to anyone? you get that? And uh, so when we say forgiveness, one of the reasons the enemy likes you not to walk in forgiveness is because if he can keep you in unforgiveness, then he can keep you as an orphan and you will en it will end up impacting your relationship with your heavenly father. That was free. That was, I just threw that in. You're welcome. But the immigration thing, I, uh, cultural issues such as that, when, when I talk about that, I say, come on, Pastor, tell us what you think about the wall. Get over yourself for a minute, all right? Uh, I believe it's a prophetic issue uh, because uh, we have all of these brilliant people and millions and millions of dollars, but we still don't know how to manage our boundaries. You get this? We got massive PhDs and university professors and people from Harvard and Yale. We got people with millions and billions of dollars and we still don't know what to do. 
You say, why don't they know what to do? And I'm just going to ask you the same question. Why don't you know what to do? Why don't you know what to do about what's going on in your own life? Why don't, why don't you know what to do about the toxic relationships that you're involved in? Why don't you preach? This is prophetic for us. When these things happen, and I, I tell you, and over the years, I, I, and you know I'm a football fan, I'll see a national championship and say, God, what are you saying here? And you think I'm nuts right now, but I'm telling you, God is constantly speaking. I mean, he, he speaks, you know, a tower falls. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that, that tragedy that took place. Anybody see that? That boat tragedy? Just one of those little duck boats going across the water, just regularly going across the water. And big storm comes across a lake and wrecks it. And all these people are killed. And just a little boat. And I'm thinking, just because you think you're in a safe lake, does not mean that the enemy will not bring a storm in your direction. You need to be prepared with some life vests, and they shouldn't just be under the seat. They need to be around your neck. So anyway, I'm, I'm going there. So this is a weird service preaching. So when I, when I teach this, I don't want you to walk away in fear. I want to empower you. I want you to be able to move forward in your life without fear. But when I say that, I want you to be empowered so you can move forward in your life without fear of being abused, without fear of being manipulated, without fear of being violated. Do you hear that? And the reason you need to hear this, you need to understand this, is because many of God's people are being abused, manipulated, and violated, and they're just saying... You know, I don't know. I, I don't understand. And, and God says, I've empowered you so you don't have to be anymore. Amen. Okay? You, you don't have to continually walk in this. And the word is better boundaries. Better boundaries. Better boundaries. And, and, and when I say that, get, be careful about your transference. Uh, unless you are a child. Okay? But, uh, got any grown-ups in the house? Any, any grown-ups? Listen. Other people are not responsible for your boundaries. You are responsible for your own. Right? You say, well, God put a hedge of protection around me. I hear that. Okay? But there's some stuff that's going on in your life because you don't know how to stay on one side of the hedge. And then you get angry at God. God, why'd you let? So... And then you end up insecure. Insecurity often comes from a lack of boundaries. But when you are secure, you can be like Daniel. You can go into a lion's den and worship God. But we're not to that place. So some of you don't need to be volunteering for the lion's den tomorrow. Somebody thank God it was Daniel and not you. God, why'd you let this happen to me? God said, I just want to show you how... You can trust me in any situation. Also, before we set boundaries, we have to remove uh, some boundaries, like our God boundaries. All right? You know what a God boundary is? Now, I ain't listening to God. I'm not going to read his word. I'm not going to, you know, I, I, it's like, uh, yeah, God, I'm doing this, but I'm doing this on my own. And I know what your word says, and I know what you want me to do, and I know what's been exhorted into my life and spoken into my life. Appreciate all that, but I'll do it my way. All right? So you've got to remove your God boundaries. 
And you have to establish some get behind me Satan boundaries. Right? You have to do this. Some of you, as I'm saying this, you're already writing them down in your head, right? Maybe you need to use that piece of paper I gave you and write some down. So uh, we have to remove that. And we do this regularly when we come to church. Right? We say, welcome Holy Spirit. Right? Say it, welcome Holy Spirit. All right? Now some of you say it only because I tell you to say it. Okay? Welcome Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, you have full access to my life. Tell me what you want to tell me. Teach me what you want to teach me. Change me. Convict me. How many like being convicted? Anybody like that? No, you don't. Everybody put your hand back down. You don't like that. But it's sweet. The rebuke of the Lord is sweet. I mean, it's like lemonade on a hot summer day. The rebuke of the Lord is sweet when we accept it. All right? Has anybody ever been given wisdom? And the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm telling you this, but... Uh, let me, let me, let's, let's back up just for a minute. Let me give you this scripture, Isaiah chapter 43. You're going to like this. See, I'm doing a new thing, God says. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Somebody shout new thing right now. I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Somebody shout a new thing. All right? But, I'm making, but then he says, I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. What? What is the desert and the wasteland? That's where you've been traveling. But God says, I want to do something new in your life. Your life's been a mess. Can I get an amen? Anybody had a messy life? And now I want to do a new thing. Now praise God for a new thing in your life. So I uh, was so blessed. Something new happening. Uh, Drove to uh, dad's birthday party. He had a surprise birthday party, and we loved it. But one of the things my wife and I love doing is driving together. We just love, it's cool, all right? It's cool. I mean, we don't even mind driving back and forth to, to the church. And, you know, just driving together is a really good thing. Am I right, sweetie? Because we will, we will listen to music, hallelujah, and worship, and sometimes we will just listen to music that ain't necessarily worship music, okay? Like, uh, anybody from the 70s besides this boy right here? Anybody remember the 70s? We'll turn on that 70s station, and we will get the groove going, all right? And Diana will be driving. Hey, easy to, you know, she'll be driving and singing, and we're breaking it down, okay? Because we like to sing really old songs. Can I get an old song amen in the house? Old song. Come on. So old song, I mean, reaching way back, you know, you know, it don't matter. I mean, this in the, you know, late 60s, 70s, I'm not much of an 80s guy, all right? You say, oh, I like the 80s. I'm sorry, I was head over heels in the ministry in, in 1981. I was searching for every other kind of music, all right? But not, I was done with all the other stuff for a while. I mean, I, I found some but pop music today. I'll turn on like a current station with some pop songs on it, and I don't know what they're doing. I don't know, you know, a little Bruno. I can get a little Bruno. I can get, because that guy has a, you know, I, but he kind of reminds me, he's like a throwback, you know. When I see Bruno get up and say, it's like, I'm back in the 60s or 70s or something, you know. Got all that brass, and it was like little Chicago in the background. And Anybody like old songs besides me? Just some, some old, old, old songs. And that's, that's why, but some of you got to be careful because then when we do new songs at church, you say, I break into a hymn and say, thank God, they're back into old music right now. Because that's all we think about. All right, we get, we got to be careful or we will get stuck in wasteland. 
living in wait. Anybody there? Uh, when it comes to our relationship with God, you've got to be cautious. You'll get stuck needing water. And God wants to do something new. Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Stop singing the same old song. Listen, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Come on, we have to be careful or we will get stuck and God's wanting to do something new in our life. Some of you are stuck. I mean, you're sitting here looking at me like you got, but you know. Come on, where are my stuck people at? Some of you are stuck. And you say, God wants to do something new. And then you start saying, God's doing something new. He's making a way. He's making streams. Now, I want you to understand what that is. If you're going to see what God wants... If you're going to see your new self, you're going to need new boundaries. Because before you didn't have them. So today I want to help you. I want to help the church discover the truth in order to live spiritually and emotionally whole and productive lives. And you're going to have to have boundaries. And now Christ is our example. Just go back to that other scripture again, that opening scripture. I love this moment, but um, I don't always like the way Jesus does stuff, all right? Because, I mean, Peter is a good guy, right? I mean, do you know the backstory on what happened here in Matthew 16? So just a few scriptures back, right? Matthew 16, 18, 19, 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, who do you say that I am? And they say, well, some say that you're a prophet, you're Elijah, one of the prophets. And and Jesus goes on, and finally, he says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, and blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for, for flesh and blood has revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You like that? Somebody say, gates of hell will not prevail against it. Don't you like that? You just say it like a preacher, the gates of hell. And I know it says Hades, but, but the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, I mean, Peter's like, hey, man, give me some business cards. I'm ready to go on the road, you know, because he's going to build his church on me. And uh, so then Peter gets a little full of himself because Jesus is saying some stuff about being crucified, about he's going to die. Third day, you know, he's going to come back, but he's going to be accused. Uh, and he tells them all these stories, and then Peter pulls him aside and says, Jesus, Jesus, now this is upon this rock I'll build my church, Peter. Jesus, listen, Jesus, you need to stop talking about the cross. You need to stop talking about dying and tearing temples down. This is not healthy communication. So Jesus has just said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my Father. And upon this rock I'll build my church. And now Jesus looks at the same Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. Talk about losing a job in a hurry. <laughs> so a minute ago, you're, you're rock upon this rock, and now you, you've moved from rock to block. Because a moment ago, upon this rock I'll build my church, and now you are a stumbling block. So you used to be something that I could build upon, something that would make a difference. I don't even like the way Jesus says this, though. I mean, I'm, I, I work with people quite a bit, 
I love the moment, but I'm thinking Jesus could have found a better way. Like, Peter, hey, buddy. You need to find better words. I, I'm not a fan of this moment because I, I work with people in communication and I want people to speak reflectively. Like, Jesus should have looked at Peter and said, Now, Peter, what I hear you saying... Some of you have been in counseling with me. What I hear you saying is that you don't want me to do this and you're worried about me. Is that right? Well, that's not exactly what I'm saying, Jesus. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not working in your marriage right now. We're dealing with the devil. You don't need to hear what Satan is saying. And it's amazing that God can speak out of you prophetically one minute and the next minute the enemy will be speaking out of your same nasty mouth. Right? And you'll be saying negative stuff when just five minutes ago you were saying, let me tell you how God is going to move and let me tell you who Jesus is. And, and then five minutes later, your wife says something to you. Preach. Something happened to Peter and Jesus didn't just, just buy into it. That's what we do. Sometimes somebody will speak into our lives and we just buy into it. And Jesus is Lord. He's the master. And while he anticipated and prophesied that Peter would do great things, there was still mess in Peter's life. And if Jesus didn't confront it and set a boundary, then Peter had the possibility of bringing toxicity into the church and into the mission of Christ on the earth. You see that? Some things that you let go. Come on, pastors. You need to hear, hear what I'm saying, all right? And uh, I, I, I also want to tell you, you're not better than Peter. So that would never happen to me. Come on, anybody with me? How many have felt like all positive and full of God and full of the devil? Anybody been there? So I don't want you to get all full of yourself at this moment. However, I want you to have understanding that if we do not effect boundaries against the enemy, and when we see it coming into our home and into our life, if we decide we're just not going to confront it or deal with it, if we decide we'll remove all the boundaries in our life, in our church, in our home, then basically what we're doing is pulling up an easy chair for Satan to control our lives. Relationships matter. We need one another. And God created us to be together. But we also need to understand that healthy people have healthy boundaries. Sometimes you stand up and say, no, we're not doing it. We seem to think that a no-boundary lifestyle is a healthy lifestyle. We even sing songs sometimes about it. No limits. No boundaries. I see increase. All around me. Anybody know the song? Anybody? Israel. I love Israel. I love that song too. But don't, don't confuse what he's saying there. That's more the prayer of Jabez. That's what he's saying. Get ready to stretch forth your tent. Get ready for increase. God wants to do things. Stop allowing the enemy to limit you and place barricades. It's saying remove the barricades of the enemy. But some of us believe that really what God is saying there, that, that what the Word of God is saying is that God saved me by grace so I don't have to worry about nothing. And I don't want anybody judging me or anything. I, I'll live my life however I want to live my life because there are no boundaries now because of the blood of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. So, you ready? How many know that God is a good and a loving and a gracious God? 
But he's also an enough is enough God. Right? We don't want that guy. Come on, parents. How many know your kids love you? Your children love you. Okay, really? Then why do you have to count to three? <laughs> I never understood counting to three. I still don't. I'll see, I'll see mamas and daddies in the, in the gro- grocery store or the mall, and they you stop. One. My parents never counted three one time. I was in trouble if they got to one. All right? I was it's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> But God is enough is enough. How many have been that way with your kids before? That's enough. And, and, and they almost stop, and then enough becomes enough. So I want to talk about this, but let's, let's put it in order. I can't cover the message of boundaries in one day. We'll be here all day. There's more to be said about it, but I want you to understand some things. You're already hearing this opening statement, and that is this. Boundaries matter to God. You can see it in Scripture when God, God created heaven and earth. He created the sky, the water in the sky from the water on the planet, right? Put an expanse. Why? Put a boundary. Otherwise, it would rain all the time. Okay? But God said there, has, there have to be boundaries. And he, he created man. He gave them liberty. And then he, he said, you, you take dominion over the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. But then he said, and you can eat any tree in the garden. But I'm putting a boundary right here. You can't eat of this one tree. All right? And what happens when you break God's boundary? Death. That's what happened. Death came to man. And then we see this throughout Scripture. Man, God, God allowed man to be fruitful and multiply, but man, all of his thoughts and inclinations were evil. And then we see great death uh, because of a story you've heard of Noah and the ark. So, so yeah, here's what happened. God says, no, enough is enough. I'm just, you know, God repented that he made man. He, and he, he and, and told Noah how to build an ark and wiped you say, God's not that way. Yes, God is. I'll preach more. In Exodus, God uh, has already uh, set free uh, the Israelites from bondage. Remember that story? He brings them where? Brings them out to the wilderness and brings them to the mountain of God. And at the mountain of God, God speaks to them and says, says to Moses, I want you to put boundaries around this mountain. Because I'm going to come down, I'm going to speak to my children. And I'm going to come down. But listen, I want you to wash all your clothes. Remember this? I want you to change your clothes. I want you to wash your clothes. I want anybody with spotted clothes. And then he says this. He says, I I want you to put away all your idols. And I'm going to put some boundaries around the mountain. And when there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. And when the trumpet sounds, I'm going to come down. And I don't want you you leaning on my boundaries. I don't have boundaries. I want you to stay away. Because people who don't wash and people who aren't clean and people that are leaning on my boundaries are going to die. Have you read this? Do you want me to preach this? I'm going to preach this like get behind me Satan style, okay? That's what I'm going to do. Because God is a God of boundaries. He established them. And in case you think, well, why is all of that? If you, if you understand the Old Testament, then you, then you are reading it in type and shadow, and you understand that God is revealing things to us because a trumpet is going to sound. In Thessalonians, the Bible says, one day a trumpet is going to sound, and the dead in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. Not the dead, but the dead in Christ. Shout it again, in Christ. I know you want your favorite recording artist to, to rise, but I, 
I'm telling you, I appreciate all what you think is going to happen and all, all your imaginations and the fairy tales that you write and everything that you say and all the RIPs that you give when, you know, your favorite musician is gone or your favorite actor. But I tell you that those who are going to rise to be with God are those that are in Christ. That means that you, Jesus is your Lord, not your homeboy. Jesus is your Lord, not your, come on, not your Easter Sunday tradition. I said that. Right? He is your Lord. Jesus, help me. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, by the way. God is a God of boundaries, and I, and I know it's, it's more popular to say, Jesus set me free to live as I please, but it's a lie. Jesus set me free so I could do whatever I want to do. It's a lie. Jesus set you free from the bondage of sin and Satan, and he brought you into his father's house, and now we're free to be in the kingdom of God. Psalm 1. Do you remember this? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. So, so there's a certain amount of blessing on all of us, right? It rains on the just and the unjust. You get oxygen. You get water. God is a good God. Amen. He's even gracious to the unrighteous. However, blessing, fruitfulness, the promises of God eternity are in direct relationship to his word and his boundaries. I'm going to preach this anyway. How many have ever read the Ten Commandments? And have you ever thought, I wish they would rewrite the Ten Commandments in a more positive way. If we could get the thou shalt nots out. If I would have written them because, I, you know, I'm crafty with my words, I would have said, I would have, I would have written the Ten Encouragements. We encourage all of you to only worship God. And I would like to encourage you, when you use his name, to use it in a positive manner. And I want to encourage you to rest and encourage you to be honest. And I want to encourage you to be physically intimate only with people that you are in marriage covenant with. But I know you're going to struggle, so just know that they're just encouragements. They were boundaries. That's why God said it the way he said it. He said, He said, I am the Lord your God and you shall have no other gods before me. He said, you shall not take my name in vain. He didn't say, think about these things. Hey, don't you like clear boundaries? Anybody like clear boundaries? Somebody say, no, we don't like clear boundaries. Because as long as we can keep them gray in our mind, then we will live however we choose. But God set the commandments as boundaries, and I know we understand that we're saved by grace. Somebody thank God. But the evidence of grace in our life and the lordship of Jesus is these great boundaries. Galatians 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, like Saturday night, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. 
I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know you don't like this. I know, but I'm attracted in this way. Sooner or later, you have to realize that your attractions are not your God. And you have to realize that just because you feel a certain way, if God has established a boundary, the boundary is more important than what I feel. Don't make me preach about this too long because I want to jump all over this right here. I mean, what culture is allowing children to determine their sexuality at five years old? Come on. How many went through puberty? I'm telling you, when you went through puberty, you would go after a doorknob. You love snakes. Come on. We can't, we, the, the world is confused. If we could just get back to the word of God. God never set boundaries to make you uncomfortable. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to experience the love and the power and the blessings of Almighty God. He's preaching now. I know how many of you don't like God's boundaries. That's, that's the story of our sinful na- nature. However, boundaries bring order into a chaotic life. So we're fixing life by tearing down God's boundaries. No. No, you're not. No, they tried that. It's called the story of Noah and the ark. It's been done before. Good godly fences make good godly Christians. My purpose today is to help to live a better life, but because if you are to live a blessed life, it's vital that you embrace the reality of God's boundaries. Okay, now let me, let me go on. All right? We need effective boundaries in our homes. Now there's a parable that talks about a house in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son, a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me, and he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now, if you know the rest of the story, when he had spent everything, a severe famine rose, and he ends up feeding pigs and eating the the pig's food. And then verse 17, he came to himself and said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Anybody ever had to learn a lesson before? Anybody? All right, so the, the parable's known as the prodigal son. The, the word prodigal means overindulgent or over, over in abundance. And he was in sin and he had broken behavior. And we often read the story of this in a particular way. And it's a beautiful way to read it. This is the way we read it. We read the story saying, uh, this is all about Abba Father. And it is about Abba Father. Somebody thank God. It's about our relationship with Heavenly Father and how he loves us. And we go out and we make a mess of things and he's still waiting on us to come home. But if you heard the story in the day, your lenses would have been different because it would have had to do with the context of a culture. And when, when a man uh, became older, uh, his family would be around him. And then at his deathbed and only at his deathbed would he turn over his fortune to his children. And uh, so basically what the young son was saying, dad, I would prefer that you are dead so that I could have what I want and do things the way that I want to do. Because the father would not allow him to do those things and live in his house. The father was not going to pay for his riotous living, and the father was certainly not going to welcome prostitution into his house. Preach Pastor Rick, all right? And so uh, when, when I see this, There's some awesome truth here because sin makes us foolish and blinds us, right? 
So let's, let's look at this through a different lens. I want to show you a picture. Uh, while we were in Ohio recently, we went by the house where Diana grew up. Before she married me, she lived in this house her entire life, okay? And evidently did not mow the grass. And, and it was only for people who were uh, vertically challenged. And uh, because really, but really what happened is it sunk, that, that, that porch has sunk. And uh, the house, the people that, uh, that had lived there, it was foreclosed on. And uh, I, I mean, the, the, you know, there was still a way to get in, and I found that way, and so we could walk through the house one more time. There was no, no trespassing signs or anything. And Diana grew up, that, that room on the right, that was her bedroom window. And all those windows upstairs, that's just the attic, okay? There's not two floors. It was a tiny house, and it was five children, okay? And... Uh, it was three bedrooms and one bathroom that connected to three doors, okay? But it was home, right, baby? It was home. And, uh, and we walked in it, and it was musty. It smelled so bad. It had been closed up for so long. We knew we couldn't be in there long. We were certain there had to be black mold. And, and we saw uh, animal skins uh, hanging on, you know, like snake skins. Uh, and not because somebody had put them there, because the snake had left it there. Uh, and uh, it, it was just, it was really nasty. And I was looking at, and while I looked at it, um, uh, I want to ask your, this question, is that the way your house looks? Because the only good thing that could happen to this house is a bulldozer right now. All right, that's it. I mean, the floors are falling in, the roofs are falling in, and the only thing, and I'm asking you in your home right now, in your family. Now, let's not talk about just your house, okay? Because you have to have upkeep in your house. But, but listen, listen, emotionally and spiritually in your house, when was the last time you cut the grass? Emotionally and spiritually, uh, when was the last time you checked the gutters? When was the last time that you fixed something that was rotten in your house? If you and I were sitting in your living room and we were sitting and eating together and I asked the question, is your family emotionally healthy, how would you respond? How would you respond? You say, I don't know. Here's some indicators. Here's just some simple indicators, okay? Uh, you have mutual respect for one another. Mutual respect. We respect each other. We care about each other. Uh, it's, uh, mutual respect is an honoring deference. It is, uh, even if you have children, listen, if you speak in a demeaning tone to your children all their lives, you will break them. Your children need to learn to talk. Am I preaching okay? Some of you say, well, children need to be seen and not heard. Yeah, raise them that way and see how they turn out. Okay? That was sarcasm. Uh, it, it, listen to them when they speak. Give them an opportunity. Let them be a part. If, if there's a decision that needs to be made, respect them, but respect one another. Stop screaming and yelling at each other in your house. Stop it. Stop it, husbands and wives. Stop screaming and yelling. If you're a single mom or a single dad, and I know you get stressed out, you need to build respect in the entire house. All right, and here's, here's another one. The family works and plays together. You should have downtime together. It's summertime. You say, well, I can't afford to go anywhere. You can afford to drive your kids to the park. Take a walk through the neighborhood. Go to the beach. Do something, but you need time not only to play, 
but you also need to work together. You have projects. Guess what's the family doing today? We're cleaning the yard. What? Not me. Yes, you are, because we play together and we. I know some of the kids, I just got some no amens right there. They like the respect part, though, okay? The family shows and expresses love to one another. We don't just say, you know I'm your mama. I, you got to know. No. You're saying I love you. You express and you show it. Uh, the family has personal and family goals. You have plans and visions as a, as a family. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do things. Uh, I, I got to roll on. Each member takes part in the care of the home. What do you do in the house? I'll make the money. And then I sit right here. No. We're all a part of cleaning. We're all a part of sweeping. We're all a part of fixing. Amen? Amen. And if you're not, then, then the one who is will become broken and angry and resentful. I got to do everything in this house all the time. Nobody ever helps me. I got some mamas shouting amen right now, all right? Let, let me just, these are just some areas to check. You have reasonable boundaries that exist in the family. Just reasonable boundaries. And let me just return to that prodigal story for a moment. Assess with me what the father did. Okay? Here's what the father did. He actually said, okay. He actually said, okay. The man was grown. I think he knew what was going on. He respected his sinful way of making choices. Does that make sense to anybody? So if this is what you're going to do, if that's what you got to do, I'm going to let you do what you got to do because on the back side of you doing this, you're going to be coming back and the father sits down on the front porch because he knows that the boy's going to make a mess of his life and sooner or later, I know this, I've worked with too many families and what am I going to do about my drunken son? Well, stop giving him money. All right? But sometimes when you reap what you have sown, it will change your world. Jesus, help him preach. Reasonable boundaries exist. The reality is that there was a boundary between his father and the son. If you're going to live here, I'm going to be the father. If you're not going to live here, you're going to have to experience the brokenness of your choices. That sounds tough, doesn't it? Somebody say, yes, that sounds tough. You've got to know these things. Now, when I say this, I want, you, I want you to grasp this reality, that when I say reasonable boundaries exist in the family, also in relationships. Now, how many know that one of the best marriages in all the world is Rick and Diana? Anybody know that? I talk about us all the time. We love each other. Whoop, whoop. Yes, hallelujah. And we don't, you don't know how to say Rick or Diana. Rick and Diana, Rick and Diana, Rick and Diana. We're Diana and Rick, Diana and Rick. That's just the way we say it, all right? You know some of those families. You can't say one name without saying the other. But I want you to also understand I'm still Rick. We do things together. We are one, but we're also two. The moment that her opinion doesn't matter anymore, the marriage begins to wither. Preach. We've got different gifts and talents. She's not responsible for mine, and I'm not responsible for hers. I'm responsible for me. So, so, so listen, when, when I switched in my early life to becoming a pastor, when I switched, I was going to, to college, and this is what I was going to do, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me about who I was supposed to be, and I, I mentioned it, there were individuals that said, you can't, you can't be doing that pastor stuff. 
In fact, when I assumed the pastorate here, I had a pastor that I respected very highly who came to me and looked me in the face and said, you're not a pastor, and if you assume this church, you're going to fail. He later apologized to me. (laughs) But I'm I'm telling you, uh, I'm responsible for making certain choices right here. Anybody with me on this? Some of you are saying, well, you know, I can't decide. You need to make up your mind. Get good and godly counsel, but, but you need to understand that in your family, your children are your children as they grow up. You're going to experience their autonomy. It's not disrespect for them to be individuals. In fact, I would suggest that you teach your children about no. Have you ever had your child say no to you and you say, don't you be saying no to me. I'm your mama. (laughs) Do you realize that your children need to learn to say no in the house because they may not say no anywhere else? If they don't understand boundaries in a house, if they don't understand boundaries with their parents, come on, your children, sooner or later, you're going to have to give them opinions and allow them and respect their opinions. Lead them, guide them as their children, but let them grow up because you're not raising them to be children. You're raising them to be whole, emotionally, spiritually strong adults. All right. So all that being said, Is your family healthy or not healthy? And I'm not saying you don't have problems. Financial health, but how you deal with them says you're either emotionally healthy or unhealthy. So when this father faces this problem in Luke 15, uh, it shows his health. Set reasonable boundaries. Come on, dads. Mom, set boundaries. Otherwise, your family will bleed. He didn't stop his son from leaving the house. He didn't allow him to bring prostitutes in the house. He's saying, I'll respect you even if I don't agree with you. Thirdly and finally, we need to set boundaries with toxic people. Toxic people. Some of you are already writing down their names. (laughs) Somebody across the aisle is writing your name down. Mm, It's getting warm in here. I threw the scripture in. Galatians 6.22, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, this is a teaching that is a struggle for me, okay? As a, we have a responsibility to one another, right? And we need to help them. And this is what this scripture is talking about. It's about carrying burdens that are too heavy for one person to carry. How many have been there before where you just couldn't carry it alone and you needed help? But if you back up, Several verses in Galatians 6 and 5, the scripture says this. Each one should carry his own load. Okay, now what's this saying? So each one should carry his own load, but everyone, we should carry each other's burdens. So what you need to understand is there's a difference between a load and a burden. The burden is an excessive burden, like a boulder that you need help. I can't carry this by myself. I'm going to hurt myself. And, 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 but a load is like cargo. It's the stuff that's in your backpack. All right? Like you're carrying your backpack and looking for somebody to say, hey, would you carry my backpack for me? And I'm thinking, why don't you carry your own backpack? Well, you're the pastor. Doesn't the Bible say you should help people carry their burdens? No, it says you should carry your own load. And if you've got a load that's too heavy for you to carry, then we'll carry it together. Will help. Do you see the two and four? We're responsible to others and for ourselves. Everyone should carry his own responsibility. I don't know if anybody likes this because I grew up in a pastor's home and I've been taken advantage of more times than I would like to tell you. I've watched it before. Listen, listen, you might think I'm supposed to pay your rent every week, but I got news for you. The church is not. You're supposed to get a job and pay your own. 
Hello, Pastor, give me, listen. If the load got heavy and you lost your job, if things went, got, you got into a mess, we're going to stand and help each other. Somebody say amen. amen. But don't get me wrong. The scripture does not say we're supposed to carry each other's cargo. We're all supposed to carry our own cargo. Don't allow Satan to throw guilt on you. Ah. Henry Cloud is the professor when it comes to this. I don't know if you've read his book about boundaries. Boundaries need to be communicated first verbally and then with actions. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? Yeah. Then verbally and with actions. So the most basic boundary is the word no, right? But the Bible says we, we should confront people we love saying no. Watch this. Say no. That's not okay. Wow. Try it. That's not okay. Say that's not okay. You're Christians. You can't be saying that. No, that's not okay. Don't you wish we had taught our children that? I didn't know that. When I was victimized as a boy by a man, I didn't know. I didn't know that I was supposed to look at him and say, no. I was a middle school kid, grew up in church, but I was a pastor's kid. You understand? We don't say no. We just serve everybody and keep smiling. Are you with me? We need to be honest when we're, come on, when a boundary is passed, we need to be able to say that. It doesn't mean you need to punch everybody in the face, but we do need to have the ability to look at somebody and say, no, that's okay, no, I'm not going to be, no, 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 I'm, listen, I don't mind having this conversation, but your tone of voice right now is just not getting it with me. Can we back off and work again? You say, no, pastor, that's not right. Set some boundaries up. Come on, establish some boundaries in your life in such a way that you're not constantly abused and destroyed. So, I jumped heavy and deep there really quick, but, you know, I, I mentioned, thanks, thanks, appreciate that. I didn't cross your boundaries or anything. First, the Second Thessalonians 3 and 10 says, if a man will not work, neither let him eat. All right, Proverbs 16, 26, a worker's appetite works for him for his hunger urges him on. okay. Okay, watch this. I do not give money to everybody with a cardboard sign. And you say, well, you must not be a Christian. Look, I know one guy that for the last five years has stood on the same corner with fresh cardboard. Okay? You say, now, Pastor, you're just judging him. No, no, I'm not judging him, not sending him to hell anymore. I'm just not... I'm just not going to disobey my boundary that the Lord gave me. And that is, if I keep enabling that. Now, there are individuals who are in homeless situations that need help. Somebody shout amen. And it's diverse help. And there are professionals that are working. I think you support those particular organizations so they can do it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm so thankful that we have systems and situations to help. But just, come on, just because you're hungry, sometimes food is not the best thing for you. Sometimes hunger will bless you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Say, why are you not filled? Why are you not reading the word? You ain't hungry. But if you deliver, and the Bible actually says this, if you have certain people doing certain things that are sin within the church, then you release them 
to Satan and allow Satan to have his way with them. And then like the prodigal, they'll come back and say, man, I wish I had paid attention in the first place. Boundaries. Pastor Rick, that's okay. So I, I, I'm talking about toxic people, though, because we all have toxic people in our lives. And some of you are strong enough to manage it, and some of you are not. So for me, as you grow in the Lord Jesus, you'll be able to manage that better than others. But, but relationships matter, and we need one another, and God created us to be together. But toxic people tend to create toxic relationships, which will have serious consequences for your life. Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or death. Toxic people tend to create toxic relationships. So you need to set boundaries. I'm not saying, look, you're toxic. You're unsafe. I ain't going to be around you. No, 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 no. Just know who they are. No. Oh, wait a minute. That's an unforgiving negative individual, all right? That's who that is. So when you walk up to them and they start pouring all of that in your direction, you realize, well, wait a minute. I set up a boundary for all of that toxicity. So you have the ability to say, look, I hear what you're saying, but I got this thing going on in my life right now that I'm just not into all the negativity uh, because I believe that God wants to do some healing and I'm just not going to backbite. I'm not going to sit here and talk about mom, your, your mama like that the rest of the day. I'm not. So should we pray? Should we go ahead and work on forgiveness? Let's find some other way to manage this rather than just allowing you to be the voice of Satan in my life. Anybody learning today? Some of you know exactly what I'm saying. Are, are you, are the people you hang around, come on, get honest. Are the people you hang around having a corrupting influence on your life? Now, this is where you got to help your kids. Somebody say amen. Who are the kids, who, are, who is your kids hanging around? I don't know. They go to school. You're a parent. Go with them if you have to. Proverbs 13 and 20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools, and get in trouble. There's another translation to that too, but I'll leave that one as it is. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be fooled by people who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. 2 Timothy 2, avoid worthless foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Come on, be honest about toxic people because we all have people in our lives that leave us feeling negative and emotionally exhausted. You know the people, you see them in the shopping mall and you duck into a store just so they'll get by. I want you to know that that is a godly thing to do. And I have done it. Look, I, can I, I'll just be honest with you because none of you are in the room, none of these people are in the room right now. There are people that come to this church that I want to minister to but will pay no attention to what I say and will not listen to the truth and will not change. I don't have the emotional strength to constantly grieve them. Jesus, help me say this. I want you to be here because eventually God's going to get you but I can't spend 30 minutes after every service going over the same thing that you told me three years ago. Ahead, 
I, I'm going to get real honest right now. I've had people that have come back after decades because I've been here that long with the same mess they left with. I'm saying decades, more than two, with the same mess they left with, no change whatsoever, trying to drag me down in the same pit. I ain't going there. Anybody with me on this? And I'm a born... You say, you're a Christian pastor. Lay hands on them. They don't want to be delivered. Their demons are their best friends. Be honest about toxic people. I'm just... I'm just... I'm done preaching, really, I think. The negative person... The negative person... Judgmental and critical. They're always complaining. Nothing is good enough. Everyone else is to blame. Okay? Some of you are in here. Okay? If it's you, you just say, forgive me, Jesus. Okay? The controller. Overbearing and demanding. They push to get their way through intimidation and manipulation. The tempter influences you to go against your values. Okay? They don't care about how their values and practices rub off on you. Okay? Now listen, in case you don't know this, and I know some of you do, I don't drink. I drink water, I drink Gatorade, okay? I don't drink alcohol, I don't, okay? I don't, I don't like to. I've had wine, I've had a few things on occasion. I don't believe that, and I haven't been approved, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't drink. Anybody else not drink that much? Anybody? Okay, okay. But here's the thing. Do you have anybody that doesn't drink? Wave your hand if you don't drink, okay? I'm not giving you any. You get that? All right? How many know if there are certain environments that you go to that you will be promiscuous in? Preach? Are you with me? And then there are people that will actually intimidate you, especially your teenage kids. They will intimidate them and abuse them and manipulate them. Oh, you're just too good. For... Then who is that? Oh, that's the tempter. Okay? Uh, all right. You, you, you can manage toxic relationships in two simple ways. One of them is... And again, I'm not saying throw people away, all right? Jesus kept Peter, but he dealt with it. And, and you may be toxic. I may be toxic. Please help one another through their toxicity. Set healthy boundaries with toxic people. Say it. Set healthy boundaries. You might write this down. Set healthy boundaries with to toxic people. All right? Like, make the negative or controlling individual aware of their words. So what you're telling me is, this is when you get reflection, what you're telling me is, is if I would just smoke a little bit, my life would be better, and I would be cool, and people would like me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, you're not a smart person, are you? Anyway, okay, so. Refuse to join the negativity and the gossip or the bad-mouthing, okay? Know when to cut it off. There are times when you have to take a boundary and say, look, we've been trying to work this out, but every time we get together, it's the same mess, so I just want you to know this is my boundary. I'm doubling it up, and I just want you to know that I love you, and I want God to do what he wants to do in your life, all right? So you take what you have to take, and you go on down the road. I'm tough today, man. Now, some of you are saying, thank you, Pastor, because now I'm going to go get a divorce. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. You're in marriage covenant 
we need to get together and work. Somebody say work. work. But your family is so dishonest right now because you've been lying to each other for so long. You're emotionally broken and the grass has grown up and the house looks like it needs to be bulldozed. You need to take a careful look at the house. Look at the foundation. Let's go back and go to work. We may have to rebuild, but this time we'll build on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, rather than all the junk and the wounds of your life. Amen? Amen. All right. Man, it's late, but you guys sang forever. And uh, <laughs> Let me finish this. It should be rare that you have to end relationships, okay? But I'm not talking about marriages again. I'm talking about these toxic folks that are in your life, you work with, you go to school with. But sometimes you have to do it to ensure your ability to serve and mentor others. Remember that we all sometimes contain poison. We all sometimes contain that. How many have been that way? It's not a physical poison, but a spiritual one. And... We all can have a negative effect on others, but God sent his son to cleanse us and he wants to fill us with his spirit so our sinful nature loses its control of our lives. Stand with me, I'm, I'm gonna finish. I, I'm just gonna give you one more scripture and close this up. Let's give thanks to God for his word today. Can we do this? Thank God for your word, Lord Jesus. Diana can tell you, I don't know when I've worked harder for a word than I did for this one. I don't, I don't ever remember. It was warfare, just going there, we just... It was war. And I, on the back side of it, it was this thought. It was it's because the enemy loves keeping you vulnerable to his constant attack. You get that? Have, there are certain people that I'm around, and when I am, I walk away feeling more like Jesus than I ever did. Just, Jesus. You're going to be in town? Yeah, I'll be there. Then there are other folks you can be around. And it's like, wow, that's what hell feels like. (laughs) Am I right? Say your head up and down. And we need to deliver people from hell, right? We do. Not deliver ourselves into hell. Okay? I want you to be healthy. I want you to be strong. I don't want you to be constantly wounded. I want you to know that it's okay to establish boundaries. Jesus. <laughs> Last year I heard a school friend of mine had died. His name was Ricky too. There was a lot of us Rickies in the 60s and the 70s. Everybody, just name your kid Ricky. Ricky Nelson, okay, so it's been, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, because you're young, but anyway, uh, the big deal was going over to spending the night at each other's house, sleep over at each other's house, you know, you, after school, you just take your clothes to school, and just ride home with him on the bus, spend the night, anybody remember doing that, did they still do that, I don't know, that's what we did, Ricky's, Ricky was a mess, you know, we'd talk, and I'd just tell him about Jesus, every time I'd go, or I'd just tell him about Jesus, because I was in the fifth grade and I knew all about Jesus. And one day, we're going to sleep one night and uh, <laughs> I told him about Jesus and he decided he was going to give his life to Jesus that night. We laid there and uh, he confessed Jesus as his Lord and Savior. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know that I hardly ever saw him much after that school year. I know he really wanted the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because I kept telling him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he tried to pretend like he had it. And I told him, that's not... I said, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You know what I'm saying? So you I never, never, no, no, no. You know, so funny. I said, Ricky, that's not, no, that's not it. What is it, Ricky? Well, Ricky, it's, anyway. Uh, when I saw that he had died, my only memory of him, my main memory of him was that he gave his life to Jesus. I remember when I went there, the first time I went over to spend his house, a night at his house, I remember he, uh, because uh, like dark shadows was a big deal when I was a kid. Anybody remember that? It was a, it was a uh, soap opera about vampires and seances and demon possession. And he was all into it and he wanted to have a seance that night. <laughs> he, he was sitting there. He said, oh, Rick, come on, watch this. And he starts doing all this stuff. And he says, listen, and you'll start hearing voices. I ain't doing that. I, I'm not, no, no, we're not listening to voices. We're not doing that. Hey, something in my heart started jumping up and down there. No! You know? But then, like the next time we were at his house, I was telling him all about Jesus, and he confessed Jesus that night. Now he's gone. And I can't help but think when I look back, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back because I haven't done everything right. But that particular day, Ricky and Ricky received Jesus in his life. Jesus. Anybody with me on this? You say, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to affect boundaries. Well, you're upset. And you're broken. And you've got toxic people living in your life and speaking into you. You got to stop following some folks on Facebook so much and listen to all their junk because all they do is negative this and negative that. You need to, come on, you need to back off some places. Grow up. Get set free. Get healed in your own heart. Get healed. Because God wants to do something. Look at the scripture in Genesis. I'll finish with this scripture right here. Read this from the Lord. Read it out loud. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. That's the Abrahamic blessing. Do you know what he had to do in order to get this to happen? He had to leave. He had to set up a boundary. He did. Then he took off traveling, and his, he had his nephew with him, Lot. And Lot just did not want to keep following God. He, he decided he'd go over and live with Sodom. Anybody heard of Sodom? You know what they did at Sodom, right? That's what they did. And, and Abraham said, look, this is not going to work, you and me hanging out together. So since this is not going to work, I want you to, we're just going to stand here at this mountain and you look at whichever area you want and I, I give you that area. Let him pick whatever he wanted. Because the one thing he knew is that he was not going to be able to be productive with his nephew there. Do you hear me? Somebody say, I want to be a great nation. Some of you need to set some boundaries. 
There's some people, come on, I deal with this. I've dealt with this so many times. People come to me uh, dealing with drugs. And they say, well, you know, what should I do? You need to burn your book. You need to erase the names of the individuals that you used to buy and sell with. You probably need to turn some people into the police. I have done it for people before and called the police and said, these individuals are dealing drugs. I've had my life threatened for doing it before. Listen, listen to me. Boundaries make a difference in the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, come on, come on and pray before I talk to you all day. I mean, you just keep looking at me like you're interested. So, Some of you go to sleep or something, so I'll know to stop. I love you all. Come on. These are my friends. They're getting ready to pray. I love you. Come on, we're going we're gonna to pray. Look, people are standing here to pray. Come on, we're going to pray together. Come on. I, come on, come on, come on, come on. I got altar, are any of you guys, all, some of you are altar workers too. Altar workers, squeeze up to the front. Step on the front step if you're an altar worker. Step on the front step if you're altar workers and turn around. Everybody else, just squeeze on up, squeeze on up, squeeze on up, squeeze on up. Jesus, Jesus. You know what happened, Cliff, is everybody feels like they need to pray right now. Everybody in the house, everybody in the house is impacted and infected and and, and needs, needs to be set free. Squeeze in, squeeze in all around, squeeze all around, squeeze all around. I love you. I love you. Let me ask, who of you would say, Pastor, uh, if, if, listen, if you have to move some of those chairs back a little bit on the front row, that would help so more people could come up front. Listen, how many would say, Pastor, my family is not emotionally healthy and I need prayer? Come on, some of you are afraid to lift your hand right now because your wife's right there, okay? But come on. If it's not emotionally healthy and it's all grown up, wave at me. Just wave at me so I know where you're at. Uh, all the workers, look around. Do you see that? Do you see that? Okay. All right. I hope you got some notes off of the message today. I hope you did. Did you get some message notes? Uh, things have got to change. There's got to be mutual respect. There's, am I right? There's got to be some boundaries. You guys got to start working together and loving one another, Right? You got to be able to say to one another, no, that's a boundary that we can't just keep having, you know, right? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, how many of you have some influences that are destructive in your life? And while I, perhaps while I was preaching, bells and whistles were going off. Anybody have some influences that need, you need, all right? Wave at me, wave at me, okay, all right. Okay, now, in your mind, think about their names now. Think about their names, okay? Listen. If, if you've been in an inappropriate relationship with somebody, you need somebody to call them on your behalf and tell them, this is a full boundary now. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you need me to call them, I'll call them. I prefer not. Let, but you see what I'm saying? All right. Some of you have, listen, sin in your life. And God has been telling you to establish a boundary there. And I want some of you to shout yes to God right now. Shout yes. yes. All right? I don't know where to start here, really. Let's, let's start right here, okay? I believe that we need to begin by just drawing a line in the sand for the enemy. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to see where the enemy has tried to make your life toxic. And I want you to get really bold right now. Get really bold. Get really bold. Get really bold, okay? And I want you to say this, okay? Not as though you're praying to the enemy, but I want you to say this in the Spirit. Say this. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you in my life. I rebuke you in my home. I rebuke you 
Now let's say what Jesus said to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Say it again. Get behind me, Satan. All right. Now he says, if you resist him, he will flee from you. All right? Now we're going to begin praying. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to call on the Lord. I want you to say, I want you to say Lord, I accept your boundaries. Tell him, I accept your boundaries for my life. I ask for health in my home. I ask for wisdom. I ask for words. Direct me. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit. I want some of my altar workers, just reach your hands out and start anointing and praying for people now. Start. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every broken home, the emotional brokenness in families. In the name of Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you will heal minds that have been abused, people who have been abused, people who have been wounded, people who have been manipulated. I pray that you would heal them, and I pray that they would rise up like mighty men and women of valor, ready to speak honestly and openly to the negative, controlling, intimidating voices in their life, and would say, enough is enough. They would stop being afraid. Father, forgive us for trying to please people rather than trying to please you. Heal us. And I, and I restate forgiveness. We forgive those who have tried to kill us. We forgive those who have abused us. We forgive the negative voices. We're not going to walk in offense. But we're not going to go back and feed at the same water bucket. We're not going to live in offense. So now in the name of Jesus, we pray Holy Spirit rest upon this community. May the power of the Holy Spirit fall upon them. May they walk from this place empowered. In the name of Jesus. Ooh.